0: Hey guys, what's up and welcome back to this week's episode of That Scale RC Show. We are on episode 51. I'm your host, Adam, alongside with Jeremy and Travis Kendall, and we got a little special treat for you. Travis is actually on his way back from doing some highly illegal street racing with his RC car, and we're going to pick up his brain about it.
1: Top Fuel Travis, how was your night?
2: Yeah, yeah it was a good time. Yeah. Oh, it was good. It was good. Yeah, you know, you know how it goes. You know, street outlaws. You know, lawless running around with Colombian bam bam strapped under the (laughs) car.
1: Uh, AK in one hand and a white claw in the other. Just (laughs) kidding.
2: That's right. (laughs) Not just kidding. Seriously, but no, it was it was really good. It was a lot of fun. um, this was technically the second race because we, you know, we're doing Wednesday nights right now, and so last week they got their uh, top ten list so all sorted out as really a top nine list because they didn't have enough cars for a top ten, but tonight we had like 14 cars or something, so we actually, uh, we sorted out the rules for, you know, how it, how moving up and down the bracket works and just getting on it in general, so... For those of us who showed up, like myself, who weren't on the, bra- on the uh, list last week and I had to race my way into it, um, we held a bracket race only for the people that were not on the list, so we could race onto it, so to speak, so, um, so that was pretty cool, so that's what we did, and that was like three races that we did that, um, you know, we had everyone draw, draw chips, and when they drew chips, they drew lane choice unless unless they just gave up lane choice to the other person when I came over to ask, which was actually pretty often, so that made my job a lot easier. So we all pulled chips for lane choice, and then, yeah, we just we just raced it out like that. So I made it through the bracket. I, I won all my races, and then I raced into... So the top two of the bracket became 9 and 10 because we disqualified 9 because he actually doesn't own a drag car and has no intention of racing. He just happened to be there last week, so we disqualified him. So the top two, basically the winner of the the finals of the bracket became number 9. The loser became number 10. And then from there, everyone is racing up to the next position. So whoever's lower... And challenge higher, kind of, so we, were, we we worked our way from the bottom up, um, so I was able to make it to seven, I lost the race for six, but then six raced, you know, above that, and then the position changed, so I could have raced the, the other guy for six, but then he had a mechanical failure, rather, he had a really slow motor, and technically you can reject a call-out, you just, you have to do it, in the after, or the week after, if you reject it, um, so that that kind of put an end to me moving up the list tonight. So I had to stay at seven.
1: So you sucked, is what you're saying. So, but it was you, a lot of fun. You sucked fun. and it was terrible.
2: Yeah, well, I actually, well, actually it was, it was kind of funny. So um, Colin, my co-host for Trackwalk, he he was the spot below me in eight. He actually challenged me for number seven. So we went and raced. And he actually beat me, but the video showed the closest red light I've ever seen. Like it, looking at it without a camera, you would not have been able to tell. So when they saw the video, and I just I barely won it on a technicality, oh, wow. so I never actually lost my spot. Right
1: on. So you had a good time then.
2: Yeah. No, right. so it was a blast. We we started at like 6:45 with the bracket, and we finished the list race like at. 815. So we were done super fast. Yeah,
1: it kind of surprised me when you messaged saying that you're all finished.
2: Well, right, and you know, I was everyone stayed a little bit longer to do like test and tune and stuff like that, but because a bunch of stuff on my car is changing for next week, you know, like the body and everything, I it didn't really make sense to me to spend a bunch of time tuning the car and if it's just going to feel different next week to be Right,
1: there. no, good point. I
2: I, I Packed it up and called it a night. my car did a lot of running tonight because obviously I had to race to the bracket and then um, race up through through the list and then defend a bunch. How Jared so, do? I was like, yeah. Jared did great. So we uh, so how did that work? So Jared, you know, he had his like we I think we talked about it either last show or the show before where he has his DR10 and there wasn't really much changed on it besides. Diff oil and Diff oil shock oil and um, Electronics. And so he came out and did super well with it. So he raced through the bracket. He kind of got screwed a little bit on the bracket. We were, we were, and that was kind of, I mean, that was, I guess, more or less my fault. But what happened was um, we had one extra person, so someone had to get a buy. And to, to determine, I, I volunteered and said, I, I'll just race so we can just coin flip to see who the other two people, or who the other person is that gets the buy, and I'll just race whoever loses that coin flip. And so when I did the coin flip for those people, I kind of just tossed it at the ground, and it didn't work out really for, uh, for Jared, so then he had to race, he raced me, and then lost, and then I beat the guy at the top of the bracket, but then Jared challenged the guy that became number 10, and then he made a ten on the list, and then he got challenged twice and stayed at ten. He tried racing for nine, but he uh, he hit the center line and then actually took out the uh, took out the the light sensor at the oh, end, no. so he disqualified himself. But that was really like the only bad run he had all night. The rest of it, he was doing really well. So he's he's in a solid solid tenth right now. He had a
1: good time though. That like, was he good. enjoyed himself.
2: Yeah, he loved it. Yeah, he loved it. It was a good time. So, um, I mean, the atmosphere was just awesome. Everyone was being cool. It was, you know, it's all kind of go with the flow right now because we're still trying to figure out, like, the nuances. Like, for example, you know how, like, the, I, I might have talked about this, but there was the, uh, like, my body, the octane is catching a bunch of air. So, like, if I bury the throttle too much, it carries air and it flips up into the air. Well, on a race that I won, it was actually the championship one for the bracket. I went up in the air, and I flew too high. I won the race decidedly, but I flew too high for the sensor (laughs) to determine that I was right. So we had to run the race again, because technically, I guess they decided that I didn't cross the line. So we had to run it again. And I managed to win it, but then it was also kind of funny. The next one, um, the next... The next time that happened when my car went up, the I was actually on the wheelie bar wheels when I crossed the line. Like those were the so only was, two tires
1: touching thing. was the wheelie bar wheels. That's funny. Yeah,
2: yeah, correct according to the video. <laughs> yeah, so um because the same thing happened and so like, okay, well we're gonna rerun. But no, my my wheelie bar wheels were on the ground, so I I did manage to actually keep it. God, up.
1: that's fun. So
2: Yeah, so that was it was pretty crazy. So the one that I challenged for six, I thought I won because I thought Jesse, he was in six, disqualified himself because he went across the center line. But the video showed that only his wheelie bar crossed. And I guess if, like, the wheelie bar doesn't count if it crosses the line. But, like, the whole the rest of the car has to. So I, I don't really know how that works yet. But but that's, that's really kind of just where it stopped for the night. But it was a lot of fun. I mean, it's just easy, you know. It's just... I mean, I don't mean like that driving it and doing it is easy, but I just mean like just going out there and actually just racing and, and having fun with everybody. I mean, it's just it's super like low stress. That's awesome. That's so a really good time. Yeah, there's some great races tonight. So definitely looking forward to doing this more. Right on. Yeah.
0: So was that at Die Hard or were you guys racing somewhere else?
2: No, this was, this
0: was at the, the Die Hard Strip, yeah. Okay. Sorry, just trying yeah. to clarify some things. Um, so if anyone was listening, they are curious, like, you know, because I know I made the joke he was doing illegal street racing. He wasn't. It was a controlled environment. We don't break the law <laughs> here.
2: No, the only, like... The only caveat to all of it is that we're just we're trying to keep it to a pretty limited group just at the moment because technically restrictions still are in place. So we aren't really advertising a lot of like new racers to come and join the group yet. But eventually, like once once it's I guess that 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 part of the restriction is really vague, so we are kind of trying to do our best to just not put ourselves in that position at all. But Eventually we'll then advertise this essentially that hey, you know, if you you want to make the list then Wednesday nights are list races and then we'll will advertise some cash days and stuff like that. But that's we we need to wait for at least the next phase before we can even think about right. that. Oh no, that makes sense. So that's where right we're on. at. Sounds yeah,
1: good, good. Sounds like some fun stuff.
2: Yeah, yeah, that that peak in Gen four ribs. I couldn't believe it.
0: Now um, I'm just curious cuz I don't think I've ever asked you guys what battery are you running with the with your setups.
2: I'm running a um, a 6100 Protec 2S shorty is what I'm running. Um, I think mine is a LiHB pack, you know one of the high volts. We're just I think technically those are illegal per the NPRC, but we're we're allowing them at Diehard. We just we can't charge them to full capacity we still
0: have to charge them to 4.2 but that's what we're running pretty much. Okay now I was just curious Um, I guess the other question is because I know we haven't really touched or I don't know if we have um, touched this base on the show but um, I guess the the discharge rate you know 50C, 100C um, what kind of discharge rate are you guys running?
2: Uh, I mean, it seems to vary. I think most of, most of them, I think right now, especially for, like, non, like, if people are actually buying and not cheaping out on batteries, it's between, like, 90 and 120 C. But, okay. I don't, I mean, I don't want to say, though, that, like, people who want to be competitive should go out and buy those discharge rate batteries just because you know, obviously, there's a lot of limitations, like, for right, you know, like, for example, right now, like, I've got a huge problem with, you know, aerodynamics, so discharge rate's not going to help me right now, if anything less is better, but, yeah, I mean, that's, that's what most of the average batteries I've been seeing around are going to be between, like, 80 or 90C and 120, but, I mean, you could come out with, like, a, like, I know, I think the other common one is, like, 65C, you could come out with something like that and do just fine, I mean, at the end of the day, it's,
1: the bi- isn't kind of the <laughs> biggest problem people are having really is just trying to get all the power to the ground uh, at least on that well, surface
2: yeah yeah well really tonight the grip was actually pretty good so there were a pretty decent amount of over temps people were trying to put so much power down that uh, you know like some of the people who were running like three fives, they were really struggling with heat so I know like Wilbur and Jesse um they both mechanicaled and warm-up doing burnouts because, like, stuff was coming unsoldered and everything. Oh, my God. So, um, yeah, so, I mean, it, it kind of depends. Like, yeah, you can definitely have that issue. I mean, um, it just kind of depends on the power man. So, like, so they're running some pretty fast stuff. I'm not convinced, though, that, I mean, like, I've got a 5.5 5 Gen 4 in mine, and I think that is, like, all I will ever need in that car, honestly. Wow. So it's just my fault. My that's my issue exactly. Is getting that power to the ground, and and the other thing is just like people trying to launch. So once you get a good launch, then yeah, if you can, then the car can pretty much take whatever you can throw at it. But you have to get that launch done. I
1: thought it'd be interesting to talk to you, you know, about how the race and stuff went because a lot of what we see on Facebook is there's a lot of new RC guys in general, but like the yeah. the drag racing scene is pretty young, and I think yeah. what I kind of thought it would be cool, you know, talking to you about this is hearing a seasoned racers approach to no prep versus, you know, people just kind of getting into it and testing the water and learning what it's all about and stuff. So it's, you know, it, it's interesting, like hearing what you and Jesse and Wilbur and Brett and all those guys that are, you know, all seasoned, you know, very quick racers, um, you know, seeing how they tackle some of these problems versus, you you know what you see on facebook where guys are you know locking their diffs and doing all this other stuff so
2: yeah i mean there's a lot of principles you can pull over i mean the experience helps a lot but at the same time you know it's no question that we're also facing a lot of new issues like we've never dealt with heat in a way of trying to i mean first first thing is like we haven't ever really dabbled in trying to get as much power out of a setup as possible. Yeah. So like that, and so doing that and trying to do that within the limitations of the hardware is, can be pretty challenging. And that's something that we're not super in tune with yet, I guess. I mean, that's just, you know, I, like for me, for example, I'm, I'm, I'm lucky. Like my system is not a very big strain on, on the electronics. So for me, it's like, the car still runs very well, I can do hit after hit, and I don't have heat issues. Some people are trying to get everything they can out of theirs, and it's, you know, they're burning up. So, I mean, it's just, it's, everyone, the, the, the weird part about it is everyone seems to have their own thing going on. You know, every car seems to be handling a little bit different, but the the communal help is so much higher. Like, everyone is just like, oh, try this, this, or this, or that, or, you know, anything else. Like, everyone is so much more willing to help each other, so... It's kind of cool, like, we'll go out there and, like, obviously I'm competitive, so my, my goal is to race my way all the way to the top of that list, but I'm also just having fun just hanging out with everyone, and that's, like, paramount for everyone else there, too, is everyone's just chilling. So that's, that's the cool part about it, really. That's the, that's the big, like, stress relief. You can be there and there's no stress, no matter, like, how much you're racing. That's,
1: that's cool really part. cool. Yeah, I guess, you know, it's funny thinking about that with, you know, with trying to get power to the ground and stuff. Cause with the majority of the racers that are involved with the drag racing there, I mean, we all race like carpet off-road and stuff and, you know, we're running same type of motors, you know, six fives, five fives, four fives, stuff like that. But we also have them backed way off, you know, like 80 or 90% EPA. And so it's, it, it is like super interesting like you said like trying to see how much power you can get out of it versus taming well, that power to yeah. make a lap
2: well also on that subject just real quick and then i've got to go but they uh i made that video this week about doing kind of like mocking the uh the two speed transmission setup right. on the radio and that changes everything because for me like you talked about like we've got a bring the power down because the, it couldn't handle the launch, right? So I'm running like anywhere between 84 to 87% EPA is what I was working with. And that was like kind of my sweet spot. I, I've been staying at 84, but then I click that button right next, you know, where, under my thumb and then my EPA is at hundred percent once I've gotten my launch. So then I can actually use everything that the power band has to offer. Um, the race that I lost, or that I thought I lost, but Colin Redlit on, I turned it down to, like, 80, 80% to on the launch to try and get more of that effect, and I grabbed, like, more throttle to compensate, but I ended up just spinning the tires, and, I mean, I, I almost caught up, but I just, I ran out of, like, big end, like, I caught him, but I just, you know, kind of ran out of space, you know, but that. So I put it back up to 84. So it's like, if you can get your launch dialed in and like where you feel comfortable on the finger, and then your car can take the big, Like if your car can take the the 100% after launch, right? Which you can tell if it can by just doing like a really slow roll up off the line. Then I I, I recommend doing that because that made the car a lot a, a lot easier to handle. You know, you're not you. You don't spend the first half of the pass trying to rein the thing in. It's okay. Let me get straight, and then now I can open her up and let it do right. its thing.
1: Man, that's awesome. So,
2: I. I mean, I mean, honestly, like I just I gotta plug that just that video just because it's like that was a huge difference for me because like yeah, if we're gonna put these electronic setups in it, cause it's like yeah, I have a 5-5, five five, but that doesn't mean it's slow. Right. It's very quick. So it's like if I'm gonna put this setup in it, like I want to use it. So there's a good way how to do it but anyways yeah that's that's you know, that's my piece of advice, I suppose. Yeah, for those
1: of you that missed it or wondering what we're talking about, um, I had shared Travis's uh, video post from the Track Walk podcast on the That Scale or C Show podcast uh, Facebook page so that you guys can uh, check out that instructional video on how to give yourself a little two-speed or some people call it the nitrous button or, you know, whatever they want to call it. So it's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah.
2: But, uh... Yeah, but anyways, yeah, that, that's kind of my race recap i gotta get okay. going here but i appreciate you yeah, rad well that. thanks
1: for uh thanks for popping in and telling us how your evening went that's pretty cool maybe we can try and get out there and do some video or something next week and show some activities as to what's going on out there at the park
2: yeah yeah absolutely it's a good time to so watch all it,
1: right man. well have a good evening dude thanks for swinging by all right yeah
2: thanks, right, thanks for thank you. you guys you chiming in. Yeah, you got it. Appreciate bringing me on for All it.
1: All right, man. We'll catch you later. All right. See ya. Well, that sounds like he had fun.
0: Oh, yeah. Like I said, you know, when we were talking uh, off air, you know, too cool I for know, us now. Right? Just, Mr. you know, racer guy. He left, us, he left us just sitting here talking to our fans while he's out there living he the dream. He left us
1: for seventh place. That doesn't make me feel very good. (laughs) Uh, Honestly, though, to his credit, like, there's some really fast cars there. And that isn't a high-grip surface either. That's the crazy part is, like, it's pretty cool out right now. I would say probably, like, mid-50s. And, uh, you know, so it wasn't, like, hot concrete or anything, or asphalt or anything like that. But it is, like, super interesting, you know, like the amount of guys going fast there. And then it makes me wonder, okay, when we travel to somewhere that has high grip, how are these cars going to do? And you know, how are setups going to change and stuff like that? So I'm kind of excited to see how all that goes.
0: Yeah. Well, the other thing too, is like, I mean, I know, you know, Travis obviously has a racing background, but um, it, I, I mean, to credit also, you know, it's a new platform still, you know, working it out and, you know, learning the ins and outs and coming up with the technique and all oh, that. Oh, yeah, so. and, and
1: that car, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it has, like, 1 million diff fluid in it right now, which is way too much, and so it needs, like, 100,000 or 200,000 in it, but, I mean, he there's a lot of other stuff going on, like you said, like, with the body and stuff, and so, you know, it, it's pointless to chase his setup that he's got going up until, you know, he actually has all the parts to make that thing right because that was that basket case car that we basically ended up replacing every single thing on um which was super funny but funny but frustrating but i mean you know we got a, a traded for a used sc10 and the thing was just destroyed and hammered and like none of the parts really worked with the with um any of the newer type stuff like the chassis or anything. And so we ended up having to build a dr 10 from scratch, but the original shocks are still on it and they're destroyed. I mean, like the shock shafts are so scratched up and old looking that they're not even shiny. So I've got a bag of new parts to give him to get that thing, you know, performing where it needs to be, but I just need to try and meet up with him so I can give him all that stuff.
0: All right. All right. Yeah, one of these days I need to just. Um, now that it's getting nicer out, um, I need to work on doing some uh, testing with my drag car because what kind of sucked was, you know, we had that event that we went to back in what was that January? God, I forget. Yeah, it's crazy. Time's flown by. Yeah, I can't believe. Yeah, I can't believe it's been that long. So yeah, back in January, down at JJ Customs. Well. They went through some stuff, so he got out of that location. So therefore, our drag racing area kind of like disappeared. So it's been that's why uh-huh. it's been a while. Um, and then of course, with everything going on, and you know, we're supposed to be like you know stay at home, this that and the other, and a lot of stuff have been closed. You know, it's hard to find a place that's not populated by a bunch of foot traffic or vehicle traffic, and you're trying to do test hits. Um, so. Yeah, I really would like to get mine out, but I did look at mine the other day. The front seemed to be okay. The rears, the tires need to be re-glued. They're, like, coming undone in a handful of areas. We
1: we actually, that guy, Jared, that we were talking about, he's a friend of mine that I go crawling with. And, like, he's, he has gotten bit by the RC bug, like, huge. Like, he was new to RC in general last summer. And he started showing up at our comps and stuff and then started pitching in and helping out with things and stuff. And he just kind of became like my crawler buddy that I try and go do stuff whenever I can with. And uh, he's got a dr 10 And when I swapped those Teakin Electronics into it for him the other day, he, he <laughs> blew the tires off the wheels the first time he was driving the car. So we had to do a quick re-glue and get him fixed back up to get going again but it was kind of funny i've got a dr 10 showing up tomorrow actually so i'm kind of excited to hopefully have it done and ready for next week so i can go participate in the fun
0: nice yeah um so i'll a hundred percent take full you know laziness you know um what's the word um I basically I'm I'm owning my mistakes but it was out of pure laziness. I was trying to get that car ready for our drag racing event and I re- and I went to reach for my um my tire glue and now mind you because I crawl more than I drag race I think all of my tires in crawling are beadlock so I really don't have a use for tire glue. But I had some tire glue left over from way back in the day with my um, my SE10 before I sold that off uh, many years ago. And I was like, you know what? It's been sitting out of the way. You know, I used it once. I said, eh, it might still be good, but that's like be, me being optimistic and I... Of course, tried to use it and it was dried beyond belief. So I was like, um, all right, what am I gonna do? Because I need to get this thing ready, I need to get going. And I'm like, Well, wait a second. Isn't tire glue essentially just crazy glue? So I was like, I'm gonna use some crazy glue because I got a ton of that stuff laying around and that's what I used, and I thought I did a really good job, you know, um, setting the bead and getting everything glued up, and then like I let it sit overnight. The next day I was pulling on it and I was like, Phew. Hey, it looks like it worked because I said that everything's holding up. Yeah, no, it's letting go. It's, it's
1: tricky. Like, you got to clean the tire bead. You got to clean the wheels. Like, there's a lot of prep work. And even then, it still can be hit or miss whether or not you actually get them to stick, depending. I mean, like, we have to glue, glue all our tires for off-road racing. So, like, I'm pretty experienced, you know, after, like, 10 years of it. But, I mean...
0: So what you're saying is you're a professional (laughs) no it's just
1: it took a long time to finally get past the point of having glue jobs fail because it it happens and especially with these cars i mean that they're putting out huge amounts of power i mean like they are not slow so you are kind of asking a lot from a rtr tire that was glued in the factory and everything you know so
0: yeah, true. So I don't know. Like I said, what i got to do is, well, I'll probably end up having to order it because the glue that I had before was from my local hobby shop, which is like less than two blocks away. But the problem is they've been closed since the stay-at-home, and every time – because I, I, I know I'm being lazy. I could just drive over to see if they're open. But every time I call just to see if they're open, they have the same recording. Due to the shelter-in-place, we are not open – as soon as it's lifted, we'll be back open and, you know, ready for your business. Well, it's like, um, when is that going to be? Cause you know, like there's a lot of other stores that I don't think are quote unquote essential and they're already open. So, you know, to me, a hobby shop is essential. It keeps your brain going. It keeps your, (laughs) I think most
1: of our listeners would probably uh, side with you on that argument.
0: So, I mean, come on now, open up the doors already.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so you had talked about CA glue. So that stuff is cyanoacrylate glue. And what Mm -hmm. makes tire glue different from regular crazy glue basically is just the thickness of it. Um, CA glue, in addition to being, you know, like just super glue – Uh, it's also used for gluing RC tires, but then also it's used by model airplane guys, you know, that fly RC airplanes and the thicknesses help fill gaps with it. And so, um, like I, you can get really thin, which sets up super fast, but you can have it go wrong really quick and make a huge mess. So I usually get medium thickness and I have the best luck with that, um, I use it on a lot of different stuff, like I'm doing a, a night Customs 3D printed grill for a Toyota SR5 right now, and I printed the marker lights in black and i ca glued them into the grill and then i started sanding it and doing uh, filler primer and stuff on it so i'm using that medium thickness glue to kind of fill in the gaps almost like you would with like bondo around the turn signals so those can be shaved in and look like one solid piece with the rest of the grill now so ca glue even if you're not a racer guy it is a really awesome tool to have in your garage for when you're working on stuff because you will find a million different uses for this stuff and it does tend I would suggest medium because it is somewhat thicker than just regular off the shelf super glue you get at a hardware store oh, okay. that was a okay, lot to say now. about glue um,
0: <laughs> <laughs> Well, not only uh, well, I did say earlier you are a professional tire gluer, so you are a professional when it comes to knowing about the specifications and applications for oh, I've tire. I've my
1: fingers to tires plenty of times too. Like have I've messed up a <laughs> lot, so it's taken years and years to where I can do a glue job with no mess.
0: Nice.
1: So yeah.
0: So with that being said. Do you want to jump into um our questions? Yeah, why don't? Wait, I mean, I'm trying to yeah, look let me right.
1: look at our clock so we're only half an hour in so yeah, why don't we do that let's let's answer some questions okay um, so I can, all you, right do you have them pulled um, up or do I need to
0: Yep, I haven't pulled up easy on it tonight yeah, sorta. Of. Okay, so I have it under All Comments, so I can start asking away. It looks like we have, like, six or so. Sure, good. So, um, so let's start with uh, Kenny Good. I'm just going to work my way down from how it shows up. Kenny Good, in your opinion, what is the best upgrade you can do for free? Um, being that it's kind of a vague question, um, I'm assuming this is applying to crawlers. um. The best upgrade you can do that's free. Huh. Uh, that's actually interesting. Um, re- actually, you know what? There is something pretty simple. Um, it's getting, I guess you could say, your. Um, if your shocks come with two different spring rates, I don't know how the element is, but I know Axial always did that. They always gave you two softer spring rates and two firmer. And when you buy a ready-to-run, They would tend to put the firm in the front and the soft in the rear, and I guess the logic behind that is you're going to have your battery up front, your electronics are closer to the front, so you're going to want more support for that. But when the front is softer and the rear is firmer, I've noticed that it gives you a little bit more of a planted, like almost a predictable feel, like you can kind of see where the car is going to go. so that's one and mod you can do is make too. sure, you, yeah. So swap out the, um, you know, swap out the spring rates if that's, you know, if your car has that. If they're all equal, then you really can't do that. But that's a good free mod. I did that um, on every
1: SCX10 that I've had that had the two different spring rates. I think they started doing that on the SCX10 too. And uh, yeah, that that was one of the first things I would do. And then um, depending on, I don't know what car this guy has, but depending on your car if you have a uh, like an element or an axial you can move your lower shock mount to the link mount and reduce some ride height and get rid of some fender gap and get a little more performance there too so i don't know i, I would say just yep. suspension tuning really is like probably one of the most effective no-cost things you can do
0: that and then the other big debate which i'm surprised we've never really actually talked about which could be a whole nother well, it's not really a whole nother segment, but we could, you know, branch off into this, but is that quote-unquote mirrored versus non-mirrored motor setup. There's a lot of, like, you know what I'm talking about. Like, there's a lot of people that say, um, and I, I never know which one's mirrored and not mirrored. I don't, you know, know where they came up with this, but there's, especially with, like, the OG SCX-10 you know, even the SCX10 too, the three-gear transmission style, the same that you find in the Element, um, the motor's designed... To attach directly to that, and some put the motor facing back, so like the spur gear would be facing the front of the rig, and then there's others where the spur gear would be facing the rear of the rig and the motor's going Uh, forward. Now there's a lot of argument that some say one is better than the other because one reduces torque twist where the other one increases torque twist. So there that used to be a big thing. Um I don't know if anyone really does it anymore. I could be wrong, and I'm sure I'll probably catch a lot of flack for this. I'm saying, Oh, nobody does it anymore. you know, 90% of our listeners say, yeah, I still do that. Um, But, yeah, so that's another mod that's free. You can actually change the rotation of the way that the motor's spinning when you're driving forward. And that can, like I said, um, alleviate some torque twist. And the thing
1: is, too, like, your suspension tuning can affect your torque twist, too. So it's going to be something that's kind of different for everybody, depending on the weight of the rig, how they have their suspension set up, spring rate, oil, things like that, because all of that can either um, like help negate torque twist or increase it depending on which way you go. So it's kind of a good idea. Like I, I think it's one of those things that you just play with it and see. Um, I'm going to try it with the Element. Now, with the Element, you have to replace the top shaft because if you spin the transmission around, you're going to have the overdrive in the rear and regular in the front. So with Element trucks, the way they're trans is, you do need to switch around the top shaft. But I'm going to do that because um, I'm going to try it. And one of the reasons why I want to is because I, I have a little more weight on the left side of the truck that I'm looking at versus the right. So driver's side is a little bit heavier and tends to sag some compared to the right-hand side. So I'm going to mess with that, and I'll kind of share what I find out with my t- particular rig.
0: Awesome. Yeah, so I hope that helps you out, Kenny. I mean, I, I mean, it was kind of a vague question, and we weren't sure what rig you have. So, I mean, I hope some of that is, you know, um, helpful. Uh, I guess the other thing, too, that's a free mod is... You know, tires, some, um, you know, I think most of these cars now come with vented tires if it's a ready to run. Um, I do know there's a big debate about whether or not the ready-to-run style venting is, you know, up to par, I guess you could say. Um, You know, a lot of these manufacturers, they'll send you a wheel that's plastic with a couple holes in the center of it to allow air to come out, which is fine But there's that argument that once water gets in there, you know, centrifugal force, you know, as it's spinning, the water's never going to come out because it's getting flung to the outside. So I do know some people will go through and either leave those holes, they'll somewhat patch them, and then they'll just put holes in the tire themselves. So that's another thing you can mess around with is tire. Um, There's always tire modification. I know some people used to take... Uh, certain tires and cut out lugs and it might have been a you know not the greatest working tire for um you know crawling and then all of a sudden they cut a couple lugs or added some grooves and you know the thing crawled way better so that's another thing you can always play around with um but i think that really covers it as far as free mods
1: that tire cutting is a really good idea too i saw a guy today on the element enduro page and the uh general grabbers that come on the element cars like the compound's pretty good like it's pretty sticky from what i've seen and this guy went and was alternating cutting lugs and stuff and i have a feeling that it's probably going to work really really well so that's something that you can mess around with too that's a good suggestion
0: yeah because like i said realistically that's all you can really do as far as you know best free mods um yeah, I can't really think yeah, of anything else off here. the top of my head. So the next one is, so next one is Eric Warren. Um, a comment on last week, don't be intimidated by styrene. It's a lot of fun, and you can really accomplish uh, when you build... You can feel really accomplished when you build it yourself. I look to some of the best builders to get inspiration, but there's no way I've <clears throat> I have the creativity to build... What they build, I build it for me and what I like. It's all about illusion in the scale game. Take a chance, you'll love it. Check out this ugly duck. Which I um, like. and basically, <laughs> I think it looks good. No, he did a good job. You know what that reminds me of? It reminds me of like, it reminds me of like someone's personal take, like Eric's take on the p system from Patriot um, yeah. Campers. Um, if you know, if if anybody's in the overlanding, you know. Uh, Scene. Um, If you haven't heard of Patriot uh, campers, they're out of, or Patriot trailers, they're out of Australia. And um, they make some crazy stuff. Like they have like all these different trailer systems. And then they came out with the P Corps, which is basically a replacement bed unit for, like, back half unit for any vehicle. Like you can, I mean, I've seen them on Dodges, I've seen them on Toyotas. Um, uh, the jeep gladiator oh that would probably look i mean cool. they're really
1: good on that
0: yeah um so there's a so actually i follow overland expedition or expedition overland whatever it's called it they go by overland x i think is the abbreviation mm-hmm. for it um i follow them on youtube and uh they actually took their gladiator and that's exactly what they did they have the, i think he even said oh we had the gladiator for like three weeks took it off and put the and took the bed off and put the peak course. Yeah, they have on. that
1: habitat camper too that drops in regular beds. That thing's super sick, also. Yeah so,
0: of- yeah. so there's a lot of there's a lot of cool things, but no, that's exactly what this picture reminds me of, and um, I think we'll definitely have to. I'll probably share it tomorrow. We'll have to share that picture to our page. Um, show him what he's talking about, because I mean, it's I've pretty never, cool. It's oh, total. Sorry, go ahead. No, I'll just say it's total like Overland style. Yeah, I is what think it reminds me killer.
1: Of. It's, I've actually never really messed with styrene, so it's something that I need to get on my list.
0: Yeah. Um, kind of like you said, it, the intimidating part is getting all your cuts, you know, and kind of like making it the way you want. I mean, like I said, sometimes at the beginning, I want to say filler is going to be your friend, because you're not going to get everything the way you want it to be, so, you know, kind of get it as close as you can. Yeah, for sure. You know, and then shape it from there. Um, Oh, which actually brings me to another thing. I'm just going to do a little quick interjection. Um, uh, Wes Broswell actually reached out to us over the weekend because he was listening to the show, and he was talking about the different Jeep bodies, and he kind of gave his two cents on some of it, and... Um and basically kinda of broke it down and uh, it was kind of a cool analogy. I I don't wanna butcher it, I'll have to look it up. But I think he said picture the JK eight as like an SUV because you're basically making a smaller pickup version and he said think of the brute as the like truck version. Like, you know, like that was more of like the size because it was typically done out of a bigger oh, Jeep. Okay. So But, yeah. Um, And it just reminded me because he's, you know, one of the great ones when it comes to working with Styrene. Yeah, he is, definitely. So David R. R. Gustafsson... I know this has been discussed in the past, but I bring it up again. When running high clearance links, do you run them front and rear or just rear? And most high clearance uh, link kit come with uh, bent links for the uppers and lowers. Do you really need these bent upper links? As always, great show, guys. Keep up the good work. Well, thank you. Um, Basically, um, uh, yes, we have talked about this on the show before. And uh, to answer your question, David, uh, typically the front having quote-unquote high clearance links aren't really like the issue because most likely since you're coming over an obstacle by the time your tires come over that those links that high clearance area where they bend it up is really not going to be contacted I mean unless you're going over some really jagged stuff I don't ever see it being an issue the rear is more the high clearance thing because instead of you dragging across your links you're getting a little more clearance so that way you can kind of hover over the obstacle till your tire hits it. That's the theory behind it. Um, As far as the bent upper, I don't believe you necessarily need bent upper links. I think they do that for two reasons. One, to keep the length the way they need it to be because if you think about it, you can have the same – so you can have a bent link, and that rod end to rod end is the equivalent to that straight link that you have from rod end to rod end as far as distance. But because they have that, up, that bend in it, you now can have a little more clearance, so you're not going to interfere when you're running the bent uh, lower links because sometimes I've seen it, I think – was it the Wraith? One of them I used to see, they used to get really close, so you would get some binding on extreme articulation. I forget what kit it was, and that's why I think they started including the bent upper links.
1: Now, so, sorry, I adjusted my headphones here. So I run the factory team high-clearance links on one of my Enduros, which is like my kind of go-to rig, and they only include bent's, For the lowers in that particular link kit, Um, I run them front and rear because when, like, what I've noticed with mine is like when I'm breaking over something sharp, um, or you know, the top of a climb, there's something really peaked. If you look at like a side profile on my car. There's nothing hanging down but tires. Like there's no links are gonna, the links aren't going to make contact with anything. Like they're tucked way up out of the way. So front or rear, like all you've got is tire and nothing in the way now. So that that's what I run on mine, my own personal one, and I'm a huge fan of
0: them. Yeah, which is basically what I said. I said realistically, the front will only become an issue if you're going over something with like a crazy. Yeah. Peak or very jagged. Um, otherwise, I think most of the area that you see the issue is in the rear. Um, the other thing is, which I just want everyone to take into consideration, because I've noticed it, because I have a couple rigs with, excuse me, high clearance links. And uh, with the high clearance links, they, since the bend is usually above the um, uh, the pinion now your pinion and your drive line become a little more vulnerable right because they're they're now the lowest hanging point the you know instead of the links so yeah just to you know take that into consideration
1: actually i'm going to reply to that and send him a picture of how mine is right now actually so that when they're listing this they can refer back to it cuz i just happen to have a picture I don't know, like, I think most pits mm-hmm. kits come with them. So, I mean, you're not going to hurt anything by running them. I mean, I, I can't see any negatives other than it not looking very scale. But, uh, you know, if you're looking to get more performance, you got to sacrifice a little bit of something somewhere. So it's kind of the way it works.
0: Well, actually, it's funny that you say it's not really scale. If you it, um, I follow a couple of these Jeeps, and I've watched some of their – What's like I've watched the evolution of their build and like there's this one that I watch um, and she's part of the Rockstar team. It's uh, she, she goes by Mischief Maker Jku I believe or Mischief Maker Jk one of the two. She's got a like 2012 Chief. Um, it's like a baby blue um, uh, Jeep Wrangler and it's just evolved over the years. Uh, I think her her real name's Holly Fowler hmm. I believe um, but uh, she basically I've watched like the thing like, kind of evolve well for the longest time she was running a off the shelf um, kit from was it Rock Crawler I, f- I forget what the actual company was because I just watched the video of it on YouTube the other day and she had a basically off the shelf kit And they wanted to make it very clear there's nothing wrong with the -the off-the-shelf kit. They just said that they were having a couple issues just due to the level of wheeling she was into and the amount of rock crawling she was starting to get into that they had to remodify the rear end of the rig. And now they actually repositioned the links and added some bends to them, which kind of created a high clearance to allow for better on-the-rock control so they are doing Jeep. that on so, real
1: ones. I've, i had never seen it so I, that's pretty cool
0: yes so they they do some slight bends to them um just to get them up out of the way like i like i said in the in the rear they actually showed like a before and after and you can see it was tremendously different and and they didn't have to put a crazy amount of bend a lot of it was changing where the links mounted in the factory location because on the factory location they hung way down on the belly so now they put them upward, so they're they were higher up, and then with a slight bend that allowed to keep the geometry from being like super steep. It was still more like close to the way the factory was, but it kind of kept everything tucked up and out of the way. Right. So, yeah. So it's not like I said. I don't think they call them a high clearance kit in the one to one world, but it they it is kind of implicated, you know, implemented in the one to one world. If yeah, that makes no, sense, that's pretty cool. Okay, so this next question is from Alex Sims. I bought a China Jeep JK two-door hard body. Didn't think about the short 270-millimeter wheelbase and finding a chassis that fits under it. Finally found the MST CFX. Haven't bought the MST yet. Any thoughts on that platform? I plan on this build being a small-ish wheel um, trail rig. Nothing comp. Um, I honestly don't have any experience Same here. with <laughs> Yeah. With the, with the MST platform, um, as far as the China Jeep JK two door, the only thing I can say is, I know um, Elio has one or two of those in his fleet, and he, um, if I if I'm not mistaken, because he's a big big time axial guy, I think he took the factory chassis. He might have lobbed off a little bit in the back. But left the front alone, if I'm not mistaken, and let it kind of come out past the car just a little bit because I gave him an area to put a bumper. Um, because if you look at most Jeeps, um, and I noticed this the other day staring at Michelle's, the frame does come out uh, quite a bit out the front of the uh, of the rig, so it will look scale. And then I think he adjusted the wheelbase. Uh, I don't know if he did the front. I think he left the front alone and he shortened the rear. So it is doable. Um, I mean, you could probably even do it with like a um, with an element. You could probably get uh, you know an element uh, and do the same thing. You know, you might have to lob off a little bit of the chassis in the back, but you could uh, you could make your own links um, and shorten the wheelbase. You'll you'll probably have to shorten the drive shaft as well, and then create the wheelbase you want. And I don't think he ever goes to a true like short short wheelbase because. He still wants crawlability, so I think he does what you would call a stretched uh, wheelbase in the real world. Like, so like let's say like if that's supposed to be like 270, he'll run it at like 275, almost 280, just to give it a little bit more. Like almost like he's stretching it just a little bit, just to give it a little bit more um, crawlability, but it's still shorter than your standard, you know, uh, wheelbase you'd. Find. On an element or an yeah, SCX10. Yeah, that's
1: that's a hard problem. Like I, so I built a D90, which I think was like 10.5 inch wheelbase, if I remember right. It was the little two door, and I did it out of a uh, OG SCX10 platform. And man, that was a lot of work. I mean, especially with like drive shafts and stuff like that, it took a lot of uh, creativity to make that work. Um, there's one outfit. In Canada, I believe, it's GCM, and I think one of their specialties is chassis setups for the China Jeeps that have the full interior and short wheelbase rigs. I think that's like kind of their whole claim to fame, so maybe also check out GCM, too.
0: Yeah, GCM makes a lot of stuff, too. Um, There was somebody else... I don't know if they were making a 3D-printed... Chassis, but there was a somebody making because they were all they were doing were samurai builds. Rat. So they came up with some sort of yeah, yeah they came up with something. I forget who does it. I will have to look it up now. It's kind I've, of. Boring. I've been thinking
1: about my CR twelve samurai that I built. Man, I really miss that thing. That was such a fun little car. Truck, sorry.
0: Yeah, I want to do a. I, I kind of want to do a short wheelbase rig. Um. I got a body that is kind of what's the word it wasn't really desirable and it, it, I call it the 2-door Tahoe but oh, Parma called yeah. it a tra- they called it a trail truck or something like that or or trailblazer I don't know what the hell they called it they called it something and it looks just like a mid-90s Chevy 2-door Tahoe but it's not licensed, so there's no bow tie, no nothing. But it looks just like it. So I picked up two of them. I actually put one of the bodies on my Mega Mud Truck, which needs to still be finished. But um, I still have another one of those bodies that I haven't touched, so the bumpers are still intact, all that. And I wanted to make a two-door Tahoe build. I just never. I, it was one of those things like I talked about it, just never really? did it. So, so I
1: forgot all about that. But, Par- Parma kind of what they. Did they go out of business?
0: I don't think so. I haven't
1: seen any Parma because like they have fast color paints. And like I used to see those on A Main all the time. Like my very first hairbrush paints were fast color from Parma. And man, I have not seen anything out of that company in years now.
0: Yeah, because honestly, the Parma, that's the So that's the body for my tow truck. That's the same company that's got that, and I think I got one more body from them. Just trying to think of what it is.
1: They had a really cool Nissan Titan for a while, too. I think it was marketed as a monster truck body, but it looked really cool on crawlers.
0: Yeah, I'll probably have to do that while we're talking. Um, but, yeah. But I guess to answer your question, because I don't want to get totally you know, out in the left field, but um, uh, Alex, you're, you know, that... The MST, I just don't really know anything about it. Um, but uh, if you want to go with something where you can get, you know, some good aftermarket support, I don't know if you're going for, like, just the chassis. I mean, it's possible to get a chassis like that and modify something like an element skid plate or um, an axial, and you can, you know, run something that's a little more, you know, aftermarket supported supported or supported by the aftermarket. Um so yeah, so there's many ways to achieve this. Um, it's just how much work do you want to put into it, I guess is the best way to say it. But to be honest, don't really have any kind of experience with the MST. I hear they make really good, like platform. drift
1: cars and stuff like that, but that's really the extent of what I know about them.
0: Exactly. All right, let's see. So Greg, oh my God, I'm going to butcher this one. Thrill kill. Thrill kill? Is I that how you if say it?
1: Sounds super metal to say it that way.
0: <laughs> Greg. Thrail uh, kill. Thrail kill. Exact that's what I was waiting for. Um so I live in Wyoming. I'm basically the only person in my town that crawls. I like to I'd I'd like to get more event to get Or i oh, I'm butchering this. I'd like to get to more events. I enjoy the solo crawling, but groups are definitely a lot better, big or small. So my question is, is there some page, group, website that I can go find yearly events so that I could plan and go to? Thanks for your time, and I love the podcast and content you guys provide. Pretty new to the hobby, so it's nice to hear people who have been in it for a while talk and give advice and info. Well, thank you. Um, I guess the best way to say it – or I guess the best way to for you to find anything would be to be on act, a little active on Facebook. Um, there's a lot of groups. Like if you join some of the basic crawler ones, I I mean there's fan pages for everything. I mean there's, Elements got fan pages. Axial's got fan pages. I mean they've even broken it down. I haven't really paid too much attention with the Element, so Jay might be able to answer this one. But like, with Axial, I mean they got an SCX ten three fan page, a Wraith one nine fan page, a Wraith fan page. Uh, you know like everything like. They kind of just break it down almost in every vehicle. Like they got a Capra fan page. So I don't know if it's the same way with Element, but you can basically follow any of those, and a lot of people talk about events that are going on. Um, and that would probably be the best way for you to kind of like network and see if there's anybody in your area that crawls. Um, being that you're in Wyoming, I was going to say, I think Indiana is not that far away from you. Geography is not my strong point when it gets past the Rocky Mountains. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I'll have to look that up. up. But, um, yeah, so I was going to say, I know that there's Badlands, um, which is going to be a pretty big event. Um, So maybe if, you know, you want to go, especially if you're trying to go to one this year, the West Coast got kind of, for lack of a better word, shafted when it came to, you know, events. So a lot of our events got canceled and or postponed. Um, so there's you know so there's not a whole lot going on out this way, but I do know, like I said, Badlands is going on. There's another guy from um, the MKS team. Uh, they're putting on one called RC Fest, and he's in Illinois. I want to say. Yeah, i to do that. It's been a while since we've announced like events going on, but that's kind of why there really isn't anything because everything that we kind of like bring up or usually talk about or advertise gets postponed or canceled. So we haven't really had much to speak on. And I missed on.
1: the whole announcement today with Axial Fest Badlands, so there was a whole live broadcast of that that I missed. Yeah, I missed
0: it too. Yeah, I, missed it too. I was working. So I didn't get to I, see it. I just but, answered um,
1: him on the Facebook page too. Um, there's a page called RC map, tiny truck maps where,
0: uh, Oh yeah. yeah I forgot where about everybody, that.
1: like contributes and they pin it onto a map so that you can find areas and, you know, find spots to go in your area. And chances are um, if you post that you're looking for some people to hang out with on that page, that you will most likely find some guys in your area. That seems to be a pretty good resource and it really took off and got big really quick so i i would i would do that one and like i said right now i just put a link to uh to that on his question that he posted
0: nice um last one is from uh chris tradu um i know he always makes fun of me for pronouncing his name wrong but um (laughs) Uh this rain sucks. Haven't been able to get out and run my latest build. Do y'all get out regardless of weather? Are you picky about conditions? Um well, to answer that, like as far as I go, preferably I'm like a fair weather crawler like if 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 like I'm going out on my own and I want to do something, I want it to be kind of like nice, you know, and decent out because it's kind of like, you know, do you, you don't really want to be like going yeah, you know it's a you know it's storming today i'm I want to go run run my car as much as you want to it's like it's kind of like the the will or the demand that you have for it for me, it's like if I'm just going out by myself I'm not gonna go out and drench myself and you know all that by myself now if there's an event scheduled like I've been to plenty of events like I've been to uh recon g six uh i want to say three or four years ago. Um, and it was in April up at um what is that lake? I can't think of it right now, I can't think of it right now but it's where Crawford here used to be. then they moved. Um, but anyways, uh, we'd always we it, it was up there in Rollins Lake. we were, um, we were there and it started dumping. so we all put our jackets on and I mean, it was an event, so we were all out there together. so it's kind of like it makes it, it makes it a little more bearable. When like you're out there for an event, because you're kind of like, okay, no, it's it's an event, no big deal, yada yada yada. Same thing with like fire and ice. We go out to Nevada to do fire and ice, and you know, one year it was like the frozen tundra. <laughs> you know, it was just it was it was just cold. It wasn't snowing, but it was just cold. You know, then the next year it was actually not bad. It was like almost t shirt weather, not like an ounce of snow on the ground. Then the year after that, it was like, you know, it was back to a ton of snow, super windy. Um, and I mean, you, you know, like I said, you, you never know. But like, would I go out and kind of go th- forge all those different, you know, types of weather by myself? Nah, not really, unless that's what you really want to do. But like, events. Yeah, I'll you know just take it as it goes. Um, So, yeah, I don't know. I hope that answer kind of helps. It's probably not the one you wanted to hear. You probably wanted to hear, yeah, I don't care what it is, rain, sleet, snow, we do it all. Me,
1: (laughs) Um, no, I. If I want to go, nothing stops me. I will go if it's snowing. I'll go if it's raining. Now, depending. Like some, most of the areas I go to are really steep and rocky and when it does rain, it can be pretty slippery. So if I'm going by myself, I'm usually kind of selective about where I go just so that if I fall down and hurt myself, I'm not stuck out in the middle of nowhere by myself. So, um, the rain will kind of determine what location, but for the most part, unless I'm filming or doing product photos where, you know, it works to my advantage to have it be nice and sunny out if i'm going to be doing stuff like that i'll wait for fair weather but if it's just me by myself or another buddy or whatever usually i'll just go no matter what it's doing because it seems like the free time that i have to go do stuff like that now is shrinking so i uh jump on that any chance i get
0: yeah, no, it makes sense. Um, yeah, I was actually kind of like bummed out with myself last week. I brought my Capra with me up to Auburn when I was working because I told myself, I said, okay, after, you know, after work one of these days, I said, there's that creek bed. I want to test it out, you know, because now that I got a battery that fits it properly and everything, I was like, I want to, you know, I want to run it. I mean, I built the thing almost six months ago and, you know, haven't run it yet, which is like bizarre. I've never. Have not run a vehicle that I just finished, um, and mainly for me it was a battery issue um, because the Capra has just a weird, oddball battery tray size. So like, you could put like certain like twelve hundred to fifteen hundred packs in there, but they'd be super tight. Um, or you can get like these suit, like these certain shorty packs, and those would drop right in. So it was like you almost had to get a battery tailored to it. So I actually found some, I want to say like flight batteries. So they were twelve fifties, but they were a little bit longer and narrower than my other twelve fifties because my other twelve hundreds that I have, or the yeah, I think the twelve hundreds, they were really. St- like short and stubby so like they bounce around in there and i just didn't want to deal with the battery falling out the bottom of the tray yeah,
1: exactly
0: so so i've you know i was like kind of like bummed i found the right battery i wanted to go run it and it's like every day it was something monday i ended up eating dinner with my buddy and, and his family so i didn't leave the house to like almost eight o'clock at that point it's dark so i'm like all right well there goes that night uh tuesday i forget what was going on tuesday Oh, I know what was going on Tuesday. Don't want to bore everybody, but I was dealing with hearing about all the protests. So um, so I was on the phone the whole time, so I ended up blowing the whole time there. Wednesday we were recording, and Thursday I drove home. So therefore, shot the whole week. Didn't even <laughs> get to so use easy. it. Like
1: last weekend, it was supposed to rain both days, like pretty heavily. And uh, I was like, nah, I'm not going to go, not going to go, and sure enough ended up being sunny and like I just stayed home waiting for it to rain it never happened and actually ended up pissing away an entire weekend that turned out to be beautiful so that was dumb
0: yeah but I hear happens,
1: you so there'll be other days I mean we've always say stuff like that and it's you know you don't want to take take any nice day for granted that's in front of you but it happens
0: oh yeah so, actually, I was going to say, Chris is up by you. So, I was going to say that whole raining thing is kind of like a Pacific Northwest yeah, west
1: issue. Yeah, it's funny, too, because, like, I don't know, I think there's about four and a half or five hours between me and him of I 5, because it's pretty much just a straight shot down to the Portland area. Um, and, like when it's raining there, it's sunny here and vice versa. Like we have such radically different weather from each other. And so that's why I was kind of joking around with him. I was like, what rain? Cause it's been just absolutely beautiful this week and it was supposed to rain.
0: Which is actually kind of like, it's funny that you bring that up. Like I did say, I did say that to Michelle the other night I was going, you know, it's kind of interesting is the fact that like these like, okay, for us in California, it is now, what the second week of June we typically all of our rain typically ends May if we have any kind of showers it's in May it's normally like warm rain you know like it's 75 out and raining so it's kind of like miserable because you're like all right can't really put a jacket on because I'm gonna be sweating but if I don't I'm gonna be drenched so you know you always have that dilemma but um this year it was kind of weird like we had, at the end of May, there was this one week, it was like 102 for like three days, and we're like, oh my god. Then all of a sudden, Thursday hit, and it got super windy. Friday would be like all, you know, overcast. Saturday, it's like 60 degrees out, wind blowing and raining, and you're like, uh, this is not normal weather for this time. And then all of a sudden, you know, it goes away. Starts warming up again. We start getting back into the 90s and 100s again. Then all of a sudden, the same thing happens again. Saturday rolls around. It's freaking raining, and you're going, (laughs) what is is going on? Yeah,
1: so this time of year is usually kind of when it starts getting nice here, so – Like, normally, like, when we're racing and stuff, which this year, obviously, we haven't really had to worry about, but normally, like, you're always, like, watching the weather and checking Facebook to see if uh, races were canceled, because we'd all try and, like, start having the first rounds at the different tracks here, usually in, like, mid-May, but it always ended up canceling, like, the first two or three races every year always got rescheduled because of rain, and then this year it's been about the same as it normally has we didn't have a whole we didn't have much of a winter here but um now it's you know this is usually about the time it starts to clear off and get nice is like first to mid part of june so really i mean it's pretty rare that we get a lot of rain up here in the summertime like if you can suffer through the fall and the winter, putting up with quite a bit of rain, like the summer is just absolutely beautiful. And like, you're lucky if it ever even gets to 90 degrees, like it just ends up being perfect. So you just have these perfect days that, you know, if you can suffer through wintertime up in Washington, you're, you're good to go. Cause summertime, you're definitely rewarded with some beautiful weather. You still there? oh okay yes sorry
0: <laughs> i was taking a big gulp of water and i so i mute the mic so that nobody has to hear it and then like you're like done i'm like going crap and i'm like Get back.
1: oh no that's fine i was just making sure you know, that one night we had that technical problem where it just dropped everything yeah no
0: I, no i no i understand i apologize i
1: just got scared Man, so. I Got scared
0: don't worry i'm not so leaving should you.
1: we talk about crawl cure
0: uh yeah it's actually interesting as We were starting to go, you know, record tonight. I I was about to say go on live. But as we were starting to record tonight, they came out with a, you know, with an announcement about uh, Crawl for a Cure. Now, typically every year Crawl for a Cure happens in October, um, which I believe is, is it Cancer Awareness Month or is it Breast Cancer Awareness Month? I don't know.
1: I think it's cancer awareness. I think breast cancer is like February or I something. Think,
0: I th- yeah, you're you're probably right. I think they just make it. I think it's a, it's just yeah, it's just, it's just a whole. They sum it all up. So it's cancer awareness month. So it's typically always in October. Um, and it's another great event that has kind of grown legs and is really grown over the last. I mean, because I think I, I've gone. 2013, I want to say, or 2014, I think it was 2014, was the very first crawl a Cure. And there was like 25, 30 people there. And that was at Rollins Lake. And then three years, so about three years ago, they switched over to Bear River Lake Resort in Pioneer. And now it's like 150 to 200 people. It's just like the the amount of growth is insane. But it all started off with, one, with, uh, with a mission, like everything else. So Mark Betancourt, um, so the Betancourts, are the ones who put it on. Um, his, uh, If I'm not mistaken, his wife's friend either lost their battle with cancer or just started. And he said he wanted to see if there was a way he could use his RC platform to create awareness and give back. And like I said, it's just so awesome to see how big it has gotten in the last couple years and the amount of donations that they raise because the the feed crawl has always been donated. All the donations given, the raffle money, everything has gone towards uh, the American Cancer Foundation. And this year, it was one of those things, as you know, with everything going on, and this being a West Coast event uh, here in Northern California, the, the uncertainty of if they can actually have an event has been, you know, talked about with everybody. I mean, look at, we've had, you know, Axial Fest postponed for a year. Um, uh, Proline by the Fire is still up in the air. Um, unless they've made a definitive answer I, as last I heard they were still back yeah, and forth So so those are two really big events that got postponed um, and now we have Crawford Cure which is starting like I said the game traction become a pretty big popular event here on the West Coast So this year instead of actually having a Crawford Cure event um, they are still having it the same weekend. They would typically have crawford cure, but it's going to be kind of like what's the word? It's like it's almost like an unofficial official event to kind of say what they're doing. It is they're labeling it crawling out of COVID, and it is October third. What I need to do is just bring up the actual flyer so I'm not talking out of my But... One second. Okay, so it's uh, October third at Bear River Lake Resort in Pioneer, and it's going to be put on with uh, ASD crawlers um, and a cure. It's basically, like I said, it's just going to be a event. You come out. There's no fee, so you're not you're not paying to enter the event like you typically would, where the proceeds would go to. Uh, the American Cancer Foundation. This time, it's a zero fee to get in. There's a complimentary lunch, um, and there's also a shirt. Uh, while we were doing this show, I did actually post it to our um, Instagram and our Facebook. Uh, the only the only fees that still apply are the Bear River Lake Resort fees. Uh, I believe it's like $15, 20 bucks for the day pass. I want to say something like that. So it's really not bad. So especially this year, like so, if you're not paying, like, like you're not doing the entry fee, you're just doing the to get into the to the campground fee. I mean, you could be crawling with your um, with your friends and family for fifteen twenty bucks.
1: That's pretty rad. So yeah, so it's,
0: so, yeah, so it's October third, uh, which is a Saturday. Uh, I should be there. I'm planning on being there. Um, yeah. So it's it looks like it's going to be a good time. And why well, I said it's like an unofficial official event because they're not really like I said. It's funny that they're not they're making a shirt because when Mark reached out to me, I want to say it was on Saturday. He said that they were going to kind of get together, but it wasn't really going to be an official event kind of thing. Um, and now it almost looks like it's more official. So, um, but yeah,
1: that's going to be pretty cool. It's I. You touched on them not making anything off this, right? Like even the shirts, or like it's just the cost of the shirt. And so a...
0: that's what I pre- That's what I. That's what I'm almost like positive. Um, here, I'll go to. I'm that pretty right sure
1: now. that's what he said. I only caught about ten minutes of the broadcast, and then we had to kind of get going here. But I don't know. I hope we can make it down for that one. I really do. That would be a lot of fun.
0: Oh yeah, it's always fun. It's a great part of California. Um, oh, it's almost like Mini Cisco.
1: Reservations. They did mention um, that if you're planning on going, it fills up pretty quick, and that if you want to attend, you need to pay for a campsite and stuff pretty quickly here. So um, that's something else for people to take into consideration if you're wanting to get that on your calendar. Don't don't wait till the last minute
0: uh if yeah if you plan on camping um the reservations for that go quick uh there are a handful of people that do camp um i typically go for the day so if you're coming from the sacramento area you're talking like hour hour and a half ish drive so it's not bad at all
1: i'm gonna look and see how far of a drive that is <laughs> because that's gonna be a heck of a journey So what is it, it's Bear Creek something, is that what it is?
0: Uh, Bear River Lake Resort. It's off Highway 88 in Pioneer. Found it.
2: Holy
1: moly. (laughs) 905 miles, 14 hours, four minutes. Damn. As bad as I want to go, it's going to be kind of hard to talk myself into that.
0: Don't do, like I said, dude, don't feel bad.
1: That's such a long ways, especially for a weekend. (laughs) And Trav, like, Trav will not drive our truck, dude. Like, when we went to Axial Fest, we took his Focus because we had just gotten that. And we had that thing stacked to, like, the roof with all of our stuff. But, like, if we go anywhere and we're taking my truck, I'm always the one who's got to drive. He won't, we we switch off in the focus, but man, it's like, I don't know. I drove back from all of Axial Fest. He drove down most of the way and driving back, I drove the whole way. And like, by the time we pulled into the driveway, I was a zombie, but man, like it it didn't even matter. Like it was so much fun that that's all we were even thinking about. Like not how, you know, not how bad we want to get home or how long it's going to take. It was like, man, it sucks that it's over. I wish we were there still.
0: Yeah, no, I hear you on that. So I'm on here trying to figure this out as we're recording. Um, I keep clicking on the store because even on their thing, it says click here to register, and the store just has a blank page. It says store, but there's nothing there. So I don't know if it's still not ready or if there's such an overload right now that it's freaking out. I almost, like, if it wasn't 10 o'clock at night, I'd probably text Mark and say, uh, do you know that you're, uh, this is what your store looks like? I text
1: him anyways. He, d- he doesn't care. He's too nice.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, no, I'm not going to do that, but.
1: Yeah, if, if nobody knows, if, but... if you don't know who Mark Betancourt is, like, he is one of the nicest guys in the hobby, so.
0: Yeah. So, um. Yeah, so no, it's gonna be a great event. Um, like I said, I plan on being there. Uh, the only the beauty of it is, which like I said, I, maybe I should look. Um, they didn't really. I, I didn't see if there was an actual um, time of the event, cause see, that's what always killed me. Like last year, I drove up from my house, which was almost a, was a, about a three hour drive, and. You, like I had to get up super early, drive you know, drive up there, you know, to try and make it to a time. So you know, this time I'm, you know, you know, not like, you know, it's not really like, in my opinion, a time kind of thing. Like, and actually from what I'm seeing is it doesn't really have a time on the flyer they put out.
1: Hmm. So they don't have like drivers meeting yeah, or you, anything like that?
0: Yeah, which is which is kind of cool because then I don't have to worry about getting up at the butt crack of dawn and racing out there. So. I don't
1: like showing up somewhere being like stressed to get unpacked and like, God, got to hurry, running late. Yeah, exactly. I like being on my own schedule and just rolling out of bed whenever. Oh yeah, I hear you
0: on that. Oh, yeah, I hear you on that. So, but um, I know this was—I would was say, I guess we could say it's kind of a short episode. But um,
1: hour twenty, we're good.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't really. Uh, I, I don't think there's anything else really. Uh, in the world of RC that was going on that we needed to touch on.
1: Maybe once we get more details ironed out, talk about our big. RC expedition that we are got in the works, but if we can make it happen, we'll have something really awesome for you guys, and so maybe we can talk about that some more next week and go over all that. Yeah. That should be pretty rad, though, I think. Oh, yeah. So, um, yeah, well, I guess that's really about everything. We actually covered a lot of stuff tonight, too, oh, yeah. which is funny oh, because yeah. it was another night with, like, no plans. <laughs>
0: But yeah, I know I was almost going to say man, this is almost like how like we used to do it, you know, no plans. Travis is the organized is one out of really all of
1: us. He's organized. Like he he's way more organized than I am.
0: Yeah, so I mean, he definitely he has his shit he together.
1: He takes good care of us.
0: So um, but now it sounds like he's almost gonna be abandoning us because Wednesday nights they're drag nights. So <laughs> yeah, I
1: don't know. I got to talk to him about that because he's kind of like he sort of traded, like it, it's weird. So he's usually like racer guy, like all summer long, and then all winter long, you know, he's racing indoor on carpet, and then in the summer he races outdoors, eight scale nitro buggy, and this year like he kind of just swore all that off and is just like strictly drag racing and crawlers that's just what he decided he wanted to do like he just needed a break like he doesn't even have a two wheel buggy for racing anymore or anything like he's just he dove right into the whole drag racing thing and is helping uh die hard with their program and he's building a couple crawlers right now and stuff so he's uh i don't know it, it's kind of it's cool kind of seeing him broaden his interests because for a long time it was just racing and that's all he cared about and I don't think he really got burnt out, but I think he's starting to see that you can still fill that little competitive void you may have in yourself and have fun at the same time while doing it. And it sounds like this drag racing thing's kind of his speed now.
0: Yeah. Be fun. So yeah, no, it's totally cool. So um, yeah, until next week. See you
1: guys later. Have a good one.